You're listening to... No, that's not real. You're listening to The Heidi Rue Show. Yeah, that's better. Inspiring. Entertaining. Real. The Heidi Rue Show. So today we have uh, a person that is knows everything about Atlanta and probably most brands that you've heard of. Why? Because Liz Lapidus has been in public relations in the Atlanta area for over 20 years or 20 years, uh, which is crazy because you look like you know, 25, which is so, that's so crazy. But she started her own company in 1997. She, her work has been in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Better Homes and Gardens, Food and Wine. And then she also, she has a husband and she's got three stepkids, a dog, and she's also an equestrian too. So you actually race horses, is that right? Or you just... (laughs) Okay. I'm not an equestrian, as you can imagine. So that's okay. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Yes. Um, I I ride jumpers, which is a discipline, as is horse racing, but I'm not a horse racer. Wow. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah, it's fun. I've heard that it's a great workout, too. We're we're already starting way off base. We didn't even say that we were going to talk about this, but it is a good workout. It's a great workout. Mind, body, and soul workout. I bet. Yeah. And um, horse. Horse riders. Sorry, I don't know what to call equestrians. equestrians. Yeah. I'm so refined, as you can tell. Um, equestrians, you have the coolest outfits. We can do. I just tell yes. you? I mean, above all sports, by hands down, best outfits for sure. Yes. For sure. Okay, so let's actually get into okay. the real good stuff. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about exactly what a PR professional means. And I'll tell you a little story before you go into the answer to this of why I'm asking this. Because I remember right out of college, I was like looking for a job. I was trying to get a job in radio, but I just was landing flat. And so I was looking through all these ads and they kept talking about PR people. And I'm like, well, I'm relational (laughs) and I like the public and like I can talk about stuff, right? So that's all you need to, to be a public relations person, right? Obviously, I didn't even get an interview for any of those, but I did go into radio, so it it all worked out okay. So can you explain a little bit about what a PR professional does? Yes. Um, I like to say that we launch amazing brands in Atlanta. So we work with um, a few distinct industries, upscale retail, hospitality, real estate, health and beauty, and the arts. Um, And we've launched from Jimmy Choo, Tory Burch, Theory, Y3, Restoration Hardware, uh, Frontgate, Serena and Lily. We've launched great national brands here. We launch great local brands nationally uh, here as well. Um, and so, you know, with this whole brave new world of communication with social media and blogs and podcasts, it's <laughs> just we focus on traditional media, events, promotions, um, and activations. Um, but we're storytellers. So we're telling stories across a range of channels. Wow, I've never heard it put like that. Storytellers. What do you mean as a storyteller? Just creating a story from the brand? Is that telling the brand story? You know, what are their key differentiators? How do you reach their target audience? Mm. Because beyond doing a great, huge, grand opening party, the story's got to live on, right? People Mm. have to understand why they were at that great huge party and why they should be coming back, mm. right? And well, everyone is... remembers stories, right? Right. Yeah, and you want people talking, mm. getting the story out there, making sure that it's in 
blogs and podcasts as well as traditional media, mm-hmm. on the radio, on TV. We want everybody talking. Do you think that that is a huge component of why some businesses do not succeed is because they don't have a story or they don't have a story that's easily communicated? For sure. Hmm. I think it's important that you are very clear in in any business about what you do, what your end goal is, how Hmm. you're different. That's great. What is something that people like me, <laughs> what I just said, what do most people get wrong about what you do? What, when, when you come up and you say, oh, I'm, um, I'm in PR, and then they probably ask you some crazy question, because everybody has it in whatever field you are. People ask these questions, and you're like, oh, you have no idea what I do. Or um, they just get wrong. They misinterpret what you do. What is um, that? Most people think it looks like uh, what Samantha from Sex and the City did. Oh, it doesn't? Well, no. <laughs> Wait, Sex in the City is not like real life? What? <laughs> I know. My you're mom crushing used, my dreams I here. know. My mom used to call me crying because she thought that was what I did for a living. But it's not. Um, yes, we throw amazing events and we do very high-profile high activations. But And when you show up at a party, you're seeing what we want you to see. You're not seeing us behind the scenes sweating. I was driving up to uh, an event that we were doing, and one of my girls was literally in a tree installing lights. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have, um, you know, all my girls show up to their events in their beautiful black dresses and their hair done and their makeup done. But in the afternoon, they show up at the events in our Liz Lapidus PR T-shirts and sweats, and they're, you know, rolling up their sleeves and setting up. So it's not as glamorous as it looks. Wow. And just because you like to relate to people doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that you're good at PR. You right. Know? And everybody thinks that. Yeah. But it's a lot of behind the scenes work. It's a lot of writing. It's a lot of strategy. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, it sounds like it. What has been one of your most proudest PR accomplishments? Um, you know, we've been fortunate to work on a lot of really high profile events. Um, that have raised the bar for the city. And that's important for us, you know. The city's been good to me, and it's important that we work on things that give back to the city. So from Art on the Beltline to John Portman's last hotel project, Hotel Indigo Atlanta Downtown, we worked on Chihuly in the Garden, which was great. We've done big grand opening parties. Again, Restoration Hardware, Serena Lilly, Tori Birch, Jimmy Chu, Jonathan Adler. Um, But it was when the tornado snaked through downtown, and our client, the Westin Peachtree Plaza, lost half its windows. That um, really, I felt like we, it, it was the most gratifying project because thank God no one was hurt, first of all. Of course, sure. Um, but then we're looking at this um, icon on the city skyline, right, that looked like a gap tooth grin. And yeah. rumors were swirling. I heard that the hotel moved off of its foundation, which Thank you, Mr. Portman. It's a beautifully <laughs> built hotel, um, oh. structurally perfectly engineered so that it swayed, which skyscrapers are designed to do, sure. six feet in either direction, but it did not move off of its foundation. But that was, you know, that was on the news. Um, I wow. heard rumors that um, that uh, they were going to replace the windows with uh, car uh, windshields. Mm-hmm. Also not true. So all this time that we look like a gap-tooth grin on the city skyline, (laughs) rumors are flying. I was driving to the barn early one morning, and I heard um, 
the Burt Show talking about it and, you know, probably saying that the hotel was blown off of its foundation. So I called one of my friends on the show or texted him, whatever. And I was like, not true. And he was like, can you get me the GM? I pulled into the bar and I called the GM. I was like, can you do this radio show? Yes. I tacked up my horse. I rode. I untacked him, checked my phone, and it was blown up with all my friends going, I heard your client on the radio. It was great. So anyway, so what he and I agreed, if he heard on his kids' soccer field in East Cobb County the right story, he would know that we had accomplished what we were trying to do, mm-hmm. which was set rumors straight, mm-hmm. push out the right information, right, tell the right story, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, keep the hotel in business, right? So it's it was an interesting goal, but one that I aspired to and probably didn't have too much control over because I don't spend a lot of time on soccer fields in East Cobb County. But I knew <laughs> that creating an interesting story that people would want to talk about would help. Mm-hmm. So we put together a plan where we measured the windows and made up all these uh, these stories that if you lined the windows end to end, you'd get to the airport 25 times and back. Um, if you like shopping, if it was around the holidays, it was gift-giving season. If you uh, drove to Phipps Plaza, if you lined the windows up end-to-end. So we kept this fun content out there. So mm-hmm. anytime the Weather Channel wanted to do a story marking a milestone of our renovation or any radio show, any TV show, anytime the AJC was doing a story, they had all these fun facts. So it made it more of an interesting story. You know, yes, nobody was hurt. So it was horrible and it looked horrible. But we knew we had months and months and months mm. where we had to keep that story out there and make it positive. And we didn't always have an answer, right? We didn't know when they were going to replace the windows. We didn't know how long it would take. But we did have these fun facts. Yeah. So we just pushed the story out there. And so at one point, my client was on the soccer field in East Cobb <laughs> County, and somebody came up to him and said, hey, I heard this story, and I understand that – the windows are going to be replaced, and I'm so glad to hear it. And I saw you on this news show, which was kind of awesome. You that know? is awesome. How Exactly what you said, gratifying. That's incredible. It was good. And we worked with um, to recycle the broken glass. We did a lot mm-hmm. of really cool things. And for me, one of the coolest parts was getting to ride up that elevator on the outside of the building, mm-hmm. the construction elevator. Climbing on top of the hotel, those were all pretty cool things, too. So is it true what they say, and I could get this wrong because I am infamous for getting sayings wrong? (laughs) That's good to know. I just learned that it was actually no holds bar versus no holds barred. I don't know why. I thought it was no holds barred instead of no holds bar. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But is it true what they say is that bad PR is good PR? Is it kind of along those lines? Did I get the saying right? No? Um, I, I think <laughs> what I like to say is um, that I'll worry when they're not talking about you. Mm. Um, but that does bring up a good point. You know, mm. bad PR is um, is a challenge, you know, and it's definitely something in our office when a crisis comes up, it falls squarely onto my plate. You mm. know, I, I definitely like to take charge of those situations because it's very important that you get it right the first time. And we've certainly had, you know, to deal with a lot of crises over the Mm -hmm. years. You know, we consider ourselves a a part of our client's business. We consider ourselves their virtual in-house staff, right? And we don't ever want to see them stressed or unhappy or in a crisis situation. It's very important Mm -hmm. to us. But we're also, we have this outside perspective. So, you know, if a a client is in the middle of a crisis, it's hard for them to be able to step back and be creative. Mm -hmm. So that's where we come in, you know, getting all of the information on the front end, making sure 
we understand what the public needs to know and what the public um, may not need to know. Hmm. You know, we want to get in there and and peel back the layers and find out what's really going on and help them fix the situation, not just spin it, but fix it and make it better. Um, because that's really authentic. You know, yeah. you can't just put lipstick on a pig, yeah. as they say. You know, you really have to understand your client's brand, understand who their audience is, understand what the problem is. Um, you know, what did you know um, and when did you know it? Yeah. And help them fix it as much as you're helping them communicate it. What's so interesting is I feel like this has such parallels to our own lives, too. Um, you know, so many times we get focused in on what's right in front of us, the crisis, whether we look at our bank account and we go, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? And instead of almost thinking like a PR person <laughs> and stepping back and going, okay, what is a creative way to look at this? How can we spin it in a different way? How can we look at it positively? I mean, even if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I still don't understand what a PR person does. <laughs> I think that's something that people can take away from is just a great reminder. Think like a PR person and your life will be better. <laughs> you know? Now, how has PR changed because of social media? I mean, you've seen it go from zero to 60 in your career. So how has it changed? my career goes zero to 60 every week. That's so like. true. Totally. So true. You know, it. again, we're storytellers. So we're just telling our story across new channels. Mm. It's still traditional media, but traditional media is not what it used to be. You know, so many newspapers across the country have folded. Magazines go under the other day, uh, go under all the time. The other day, last week, Savore Magazine had to slash mm. um, a goodly amount of their staff, which is heartbreaking because we used to work for them. We did their Savoir 100 PR, which, you know, that's a beautiful magazine. Mm. And it was just heartbreaking. Mm. But it's happening all the time. And, mm. you know, for every magazine that goes under, there's got to be 10,000 blogs that pop up. So it it's still storytelling. It's just telling it across different channels. Mm. What are the elements of being a good storyteller? For social media or for your brand or just personally on social media? I mean, because that is important even these days. Even if you aren't a small business owner or if you aren't a large business owner, you know, social media is important. Employer, employers look at it and everything. How do you – what are the elements that we can take away from creating a good story of our own lives? I mean, it's this word is so overused, but mm. authenticity, you know? Mm. You can't make things up. It's got to be your true story. You know, people respond to the, you know, you think about the pictures that people respond to on your social media channels, even your personal ones. And oh yeah, you know what I mean? Gosh, why why is it? You know, I took the coolest picture of a sunset, and people didn't care as much as that picture of my husband and I sitting in a restaurant. Oh, totally. Right? Yeah, or my dog, or whatever <laughs> it is. Yes. Oh, uh -huh. my dog is a star. Yeah. <laughs> on social media, <laughs> she is. Her name is Pinky, uh, and um. And she is hilarious. And people, oh. um, yeah, people love following her because she has her same dog walker she's always had. And yeah. he happens to be a professional photographer. So oh, my gets goodness. gorgeous pictures of her. I know it's hilarious. Does she have her own Instagram account? Yes, she does. Okay, what is Pinky's Instagram account? Let's get Pinky some more followers. Pinky here. Suzanne. Pinky Suzanne. Yes. Okay. Um, well, let me ask you this. Um, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned as a business leader of owning your own business? I mean, you started your PR company 20 years ago. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned over the years? 
Um, you know, I think the typical CEO's lament is hiring too quickly and firing too slowly mm. um, because your business is all about your people, right? You're mm. either sitting at your kitchen counter with a laptop doing everything on your own or you're growing and evolving and hiring and therefore having to create a corporate culture mm. where people want to stay and work and work hard and go into battle with you, right? Yeah. So um, when you're a small business, you don't have a human resources department. Mm. And um, it's not always necessarily about the best hire as it is about the best fit, mm. right? Because we are, you know, small but mighty, but we're working on top of each other. Yeah. Um, sitting shoulder to shoulder in a room. So, um, so you know, I try to keep a great pipeline of candidates out there. Mm -hmm. I try to keep up with our old interns. I try and hire our old interns and be able to promote people as we go. Um, but, you know, again, they move on. We end up finding them great jobs. It's when you come to work for us, if that's on your resume, you stand a very good chance of getting a job somewhere. Wow. Um, so that's great. Um, and, you know, firing too slowly, you know how disruptive it is. Mm. You know the cost, right, of having to replace someone. Um, and you start creating this sort of narrative that like, well, they did great today, even mm. though, you know, they dropped the ball in this, that, or the other thing. But what is hard to factor in is that you've got this narrative, everybody in the office has this narrative, and it's all surrounding this problem instead of taking care of it and firing yeah. more quickly and helping that person find, you know, an, another job or another career. Do you remember the first time you had to fire somebody? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't think I do. Uh, I probably erased it from my memory. It's, it's hard. I can't imagine. That's, uh, that's what I was going to ask. It's hard. I would be, like, shaking. I would be shaking. I mean, um, it, it, you know, I, I say it doesn't get easier, but it does. Yeah. Looking at your career, what is something that you may have worried about 15, 20 years, maybe even 10 years ago, that you would say to the... At this point today, you'd be like, I cannot believe I even worried about that. That was so silly to think about. Everything. <laughs> Across the board. Everything. Yes. After 20 years, I wish I spent more time enjoying it, less time mm. stressing about everything. I wish I had more faith that everything would work out. Mm. You know, I've been through the ups and downs in the economy. I've been through turnovers in my staff. I've been through major crises, you know? Yeah. And... In the end, you know, you got to live it your wasn't life. Worth it? Huh? No, no. The stress yeah. is not worth it. Yeah, not at all because it eats you up. So true. And then you get to a place in your life, and your body starts giving out. Yeah. You know, there's just so much your mind, body, and soul can take. That's so true. And you can't control everything. Mm. And when you own a business, you're generally a control freak. <laughs> sure. So, um, <laughs> so you know, I, I think um, in it, I've learned that. Um, it's important to live your passion. It's important to do a lot of pro bono work. Mm. It's important to collaborate. That's mm -hmm. my intention for the year, collaboration. Nice. I yes. like that. That's and your word for the year? That's my word of? for the okay. year. And I got to tell you, it's my staff cracks up because I'm forwarding them emails where someone will say, hey, I wanted to reach out. I'd love to collaborate. And they're like, how did you put that word in the universe? And it keeps coming back. And I was like, because <laughs> it just happened. That's yeah. how it happens, that's how it works. you know. And um. And, you know, I, I love what I do, but I also love my husband and my mm -hmm. dog and my friends and my horse. And mm. it's important, you know, yeah. that you don't – I think 
if you, you know, the things that stressed me out are the things that I put all of my focus into. Yeah. You know, you have to get out of the office and especially in a lifestyle industry like PR, you know, you've got to be traveling and you've got to be reading everything and hearing, you know, I love meeting um, a lot of the kids I ride with are young teenagers <laughs> and I'm like, what do you listen to? What are you wearing? What are the hot trends? You know, in our staff meeting every week, we have this great girl in the office who talks about a weekly trend. You know, you can't stay so uber focused on all the things that are going to stress you out. You've got to have an open mind because I find that I'm not creative when I'm super stressed. Mm, right? So true. Your yeah. shoulders are up around your ears, all of that. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned, um, you know, following your passion and stuff. And there, y- you recently, about a year ago or so, have really stepped out. And in your own passion, you have a food blog, and it's called Sustenance and Ceremony. It's beautifully designed, first of all, and the recipes look amazing. So tell us a little bit about why you decided to, to start this blog just recently. Um, well, I do love to cook. And um, I loved cooking for my husband. And he, every time I'd make something, he was like, well, this is great, but I'm never going to have it again because you don't write down recipes. And I was <laughs> like, I'll show you. Um, but but it's true. And I, you know, sometimes want to come back and make something and I can't remember what was in it. And I generally just cook what's fresh and what I see that gets me inspired. Or I'll eat something in a restaurant. That's right. Every, every food blogger says that. Mm-hmm. I eat something in a restaurant and I try and recreate it at home. But I have had the luxury of working with some brilliant chefs mm. throughout my career and have gotten to be friends with them and, you know, been to their homes for dinner and have seen, you know, the amazing things they make in restaurants and then the really amazing, simple, beautiful things they make at home too. And mm. so I, my mom was a great cook. My sister was a commercial baker. She's now a miller and Mills mm. Flower in North Carolina. So shout out for Jen Lapidus and <laughs> Carolina Ground. Um, but so anyway, so uh, about a year ago, I started writing down the recipes. And mm. with that, there was always a story. And I think that that's what's so exciting about mm. food when you really love food, right? Yeah. There's always a story about what inspired you about the ingredient. But also, who are you cooking for? And and mm. what's inspiring you to cook? And my most recent post was about my beautiful and amazing hairdresser who just died and how, you know, in Judaism, when we look at death, it's there's all these rituals to it, right? That's one thing that I really love about Judaism, mm-hmm. that you go to temple and you, every Friday night, and you say the person's name and that you sit shiva, and sitting shiva is all about eating, right? Yeah. And people are bringing you food, and that's, the community comes together for the mm-hmm. bereaved, so they don't have to cook. They don't have to do anything. All they can do is just sit there and reflect on yes, this person's this life. life, right? Sure. And so I, when my, you know, I he had been in a coma and then mm. died in hospice the day that I was set to visit him. And so I had a bit of time to think about his life. And I knew that that was something that I could do for all of his friends and loved ones. I could write an obituary, right? I could make sure mm. that there was a really great story on him and that we honored him that way. Mm. And so after I did all that and the obituary was going to run in the paper this week, you know, the grief watches, it washes over you, right? And, mm. and it's, um, and it's sad and it's important that you face grief and that you are quiet and reflect on the person's life. But grieving makes me crave comfort food, you know? Mm. And, and I can remember every comfort meal that I had 
over my lifetime when I was grieving for someone, you know, I remember, um, you know, friends coming over and and taking me out for barbecue when my dog died and (laughs) my dog walker bringing me a a bagel with tuna fish from Alon's, which was so random and funny, but so kind, you know, I, and, and it, so grieving my dear friend made me crave comfort Mm. food. And yet my husband's on a cleanse. So I went back to this comfort food that I used to make when I was single. And so that's on the blog right now. And so there are stories that relate to the food, but they're not necessarily stories about the food. Right. And um, and they're pretty easy recipes. And so I hope that they inspire. I know, so, I know so many amazing women who love to eat and they're afraid in the kitchen. And I learned how to cook so young from my mom, who, you know, I think was a fearless cook, you know. Yeah. And I think that you know, like anything in life, you just have to dive in. And if you make mistakes in time, you're going to learn how to fix them. But sometimes, you know, you have to just learn how to scrap them and mm. start over, right? Yeah. You're living what you talk about, where a story is built on authenticity. And yeah. so you really are living that out. You're embracing your passion and you're living your life with authenticity. And yeah. so that's so cool. And I think it also, you know, it selfishly probably helps me mm-hmm. process a lot of things. And Yeah. You know? Oh, sure. Sure. Blogs have an amazing way of doing that. Mm-hmm. That you yeah. really can process through everything. So I figure if somebody reads my story, they get a recipe in the end. Like if yeah. nothing else, go make a good roast chicken. Thanks for sure suffering through my opinions. On. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, and she actually has the the recipe that I have pulled up right now. It's um, how it's a pesto sauce, but then she makes it with a certain um, pasta, and then with a sunny side egg, which is amazing. That sounds great, and I'm totally trying it. Um, so, Liz, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And if people want to follow you, if they want to follow your blog, um, can you give them the name of the blog again, and then how maybe they can follow you on social media, or what's the best way to kind of follow along with Liz Lapid? This is life. Yes. Authentic life. My uh, cooking blog, Sustenance and Ceremonies, you know, sustenance, the foods that we eat just to sustain ourselves, and then ceremony, the foods that we cook for parties and for friends, is sustenanceandceremony.com. And then uh, Liz Lapidus PR is on an array of social media channels, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. So please follow us. Um, You can also go to our website and subscribe to our newsletter, uh, What's Hot Around Town, which gives great fun news um, about events and happenings in town. That's a weekly blast. Quick reads. Fun. I'm totally doing that right now. Great. (laughs) I love it. Well, great. Well, thank you again so much for being on the podcast. You gave great insight. And I'm going to walk away today with thinking just how I can live my own story, how I can be authentic, and to not freaking worry about anything. (laughs) Good luck. Tell me how that goes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you. As a Georgia peach, she loves pleasing people, so she wants to know how she can improve the show. So let her know, either on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at Heidi Rue. Also be kind, because she's my wife. And if she has a bad day, then I'm really going to hear about it. 